And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful, wonderful morning of worship already today. And I'm so glad that you're here today. I invite you to open your Bible, if you will. And we're going to look at that very passage that we looked at just a moment ago, and Jay referenced, and that song that we... Haven't you enjoyed these songs? I, I have just been so blessed by them. And uh, I was sharing them with a pastor friend of mine late last night, and uh, he said, oh, this is really good. He said, I am just so blessed with these. And so then I tried to tell him how to do his technology so he could play it, all of them, and that was a real disaster. And so uh, uh, anyway, I promised him I'd get them to him. Anyway, it's just been a great blessing. You can hear I'm a little bit in the well today, and I've been... Uh, sick all weekend. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm masking. I don't have COVID. But anyway, that's not a, another story. I did have it. God saved me through it. Amen. And I'm here today, but I got a blasted cold. So there you go. But I don't want to give that to you either. So I'm going to mask up today. I invite you to open your Bible, if you will, and look with me to Luke's Gospel. And we're going to look uh, together in chapter number two, and I think it would be appropriate to read it again, the text today. And it says, in the same region, shepherds were staying out of the fields, keeping watch at night over their flock. And an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look. I proclaim to you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped, in tightly, wrapped tightly in cloth, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they hurried off, and they found both Mary and Joseph, and the baby, who was lying in a manger. And after seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. And when eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived. Before he was even conceived. Amazing, isn't it? Father in heaven, I pray that today 
that, Father, that we would let this message resonate deeply in us. And I pray that today that we wouldn't just be thinking about the nostalgia of Christmas, Christmases in the past, or all the tra trappings of cultural Christmas celebrations, but on this day, may we hear the joy of the angels and the message to the shepherds, and may we seek the Lord in our lives. In his name we pray, amen. I love the Wesley's song, Joy to the World, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. All of heaven and all of the nature sing in the presence of glory and sing on earth because everything's different Amen. at the coming of Jesus. Amen. Amen. It says, joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy, echo it to the world. Let no more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow. Now listen. How far? Far as the curse is found. Every inch that's been affected by the curse, the grace of God is going out into the world. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Hmm. He rules the world in truth. And grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders wonders of his love amen at the women's event I came and eavesdropped and that was the theme, the wonders of his love. Lindsay spoke to the women and did an excellent job teaching and speaking to women and exhorting them from the word of God. Christmas is all about joy to the world. Amen. The Lord has really come. And if we're not careful, we turn it upside down and we miss what Christmas is really all about. And if you're not careful, you'll be involved in all the other trappings and miss it. When you miss what it's all about, you don't have really joy. You just get caught up in all the decor. And you get caught up in all of the gift buying. You get caught up in all of the eating and the eating and the eating. And you get caught up and you find yourself running in circles and not very happy about the whole event. Amen. One little church was doing a Christmas play and they'd involved the kids and they all had little parts in the play. You know, we've all been to those. And so the, one of the directors was lining the kids up. They had the words. They were going to come out and raise up their little cards and spell star. 
but they got mixed up in the order and went just opposite of what it should have been. And when they raised up their cards, it said rats. Well, Christmas becomes rats if we're not careful, if it's not all about Jesus. As we look at the story together today, I want us to notice three or four or five things. We'll see how long we have. First of all, I want us to look at the Savior. In this passage of Scripture, we'll see, notice in this passage... In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields. They're keeping watch. They're, they have, uh, the King James says they're abiding in the field. That means they dwelt there, living there. They stayed out there all night. All day and all night, they're staying with the sheep. They're keeping watch over their flock. They're doing what shepherds do. And notice that they're, notice as they're out there, in the midst of the night and underneath the brilliant stars, an angel of the Lord stands before them. And it says, and when it says stands before them, it means he suddenly appeared right upon them nearly. And the Greek carries the idea that they were right there and comes to them. And then he says, and the glory, the doxa, the glory of the Lord shone all about them. The Shekinah's glory presence of God in the midst of the hillsides outside of Bethlehem. Wow. Would that get your attention? Amen. And here's classic Lucan understatement. And they were terrified. <laughs> they might have needed to change their clothes. But the angel said, don't be afraid, because I herald to you good tidings, good news that produces great joy, and it's for all people. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Because today, there's been born for you a Savior. That's why it's good news, which is Christ, the Lord. First of all, it's a Savior. Don't get it. Don't ever miss this, folks. The reason Jesus came into this world is to be a Savior. Because we needed rescued. Amen. And we need a rescue story. And there's only one rescue rescuer and there's only one hero and that's Jesus himself for the son of man has not has come to seek and to save that which was lost the purpose of his coming is to seek and save those who are lost first of all he comes for all people says what Mary said. Mary says what she says. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. My soul praises the greatness of the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, what? My, what? Savior. Jesus came not just for Mary. He did come for Mary. Mary needed to be saved. Mary needed to be forgiven of her sin. He had to die for the sins of Mary as well. But Jesus came for you and for me, and he came for all of us. 
As the Bible, just as the hymn says, as far as the curse is found, to the furthest ends of the earth, to every tongue and tribe and people, the good news is for all of us, and it brings great joy. And this is the reason that this good tidings brings great joy, because God wants you. God desires you. Yes, God has heard your cries as the children of Israel cried in Egypt, and he's seen your suffering, and God has sent his son. He sent the best of heaven to rescue you in a world filled with curse. Amen. I think all of us this week have our minds focused in the last few hours about rescue. The other night when that terrible tornado cut through just a little bit north of here, hit that Amazon building, 800,000 square foot building in seconds collapsed. And scores of people trapped. First responders and police and fire and EMS were quickly on the scene, bringing in specialists with special equipment. And they searched. And they searched all night and all day and all night. And even worse, in Kentucky and different places, Mayfield in particular, just outside of Paducah. A whole town wiped out like Joplin years ago. 230 some miles of devastation. Our disaster relief team's going today to assess the situation. Mike Mooney and Larry Kuhorn and others. I heard the mayor of Mayfield say on TV, we'll keep searching if we could only just find one more, one more. If humans can love and want to rescue those who are trapped, how much more the perfect love of God. Amen. And he sent a savior. You could translate that word rescuer. The Lord came for all kinds of people. He didn't just come to Jews. He came for Gentiles too. He didn't come to the rich only. But he also came for the poor. He came for the weak and the oppressed and Jews and Gentiles and males and females and educated, and those that are, 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 are uneducated. And he came for boys, and he came for girls, and no matter what your situation, he came for you. In Isaiah chapter number 61, Isaiah chapter 61, I love this passage. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Do you feel captive today? Do you feel brokenhearted today? Do you feel imprisoned today? Freedom to the prisoners. 
to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of God's vengeance, vengeance on those who need vengeance, vengeance on those who reject him, vengeance on those who oppress, but comfort to all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion. Praise God, shout with me if you want to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning, and splendid clothes instead of despair. And they will be called righteous trees or oaks of righteousness, planted by the Lord to glorify him. Amen. Aren't you glad that our Savior is a rescuer? Amen. And a Savior? And he came to rescue us and to save us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you see yourself in this prophecy? Jesus takes that very text and in the synagogue in Nazareth reads it. And he sits down and says, today this is fulfilled in your midst. There's been born a Savior who's Christ the Lord. He would become one who would lead all the nations to him so that his house might be called a house of prayer for all the nations, Isaiah 56. It's good news that brings great joy because it's for whosoever will, let him come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. The spirit and the bride say come. It's an old hymn we used to sing. Whosoever Surely meaneth me, whosoever, surely meaneth me. What does that hymn say? It's saying that God is saying to you, turn from sin and come to Christ. I understand how election works, sort of. It's a mystery. I know that none of us turn to God without God working in us, without God drawing us, without God convincing us, without God converting us. But that doesn't make the, the invitation not real. And the invitation is to all of us. Thank you, Lord. Come to me. Come to me, all of you. Jesus can change your life and only him. Amen. He came for all men. I don't care how broken you are. I don't care how messed up you are. I don't care if you're addicted to stuff. I don't care what you've done in your life. I don't care how much your life's messed up, how confused you are about life, what kind of guilt or shame you might feel, what kind of oppression, what, what somebody did to you when you were a child. I don't know about all of that, but I, this is one thing I do. Jesus Christ came to rescue all men and women who will turn to him in faith. And he can set you free. And some of you have broken hearts And in your heart, you have ashes on your head. Even though it's not literal ashes, you walk around in the ashes of grief and sorrow. And in your sorrow, he can give you beauty for your ashes. And celebrating clothes because there's hope. Because the King Eternal has defeated death so that we might have eternal life. The last enemy has been defeated in Jesus. I could preach right there. And he's for you. For unto you has been born. Who's the you? The shepherds. The lowliest. 
despised in the first century Judaism, despised in that world. It was a lowly occupation, caring for sheep. It was like a menial servant's task. Often teenagers did it. Low wages, smelly job, out in the cold and the rain. You can just hear them, can't you? What do you do for a living? Well, I'm a shepherd. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the first church where I pastored, it's hard to believe that I pastored somewhere other than here, but I didn't. There was an older man, I, I don't know how old he was, but in my eyes, when I was just a young, he seemed old to me. I said to him, Bob, I said, uh, when I first came to church, he, he, he always came smartly dressed, shoes always spit, shine, polished, brought his Bible, wore a suit, the only suit he had, wore his suit every day, every Sunday, dressed beautifully, impeccably. I said, Bob, what do you do? He had the most brilliant smile. He said, Brother Tim, I didn't even finish high school. I didn't even finish eighth grade. He said, I dig graves for a living. And he said, I do it by hand. I never once said, Bob, can I join you and work with you for a day? It was hard work for him. Other people might have looked at Bob, looked at him down, but no, he didn't. And there was a woman in our church, and her husband died. He was a deacon in the church, and he had worked for Illinois Baptist State Association, and he had directed the campground, and he, they were members of our church, and he died. I did his funeral. And some months later, Effie f fell in love with old Bob. And she said, he's not a grave digger. He's my Prince Charming. And she married him. And I did that wedding. And God came to the shepherds. The lowliest of the low. The Egyptians disdained the shepherds, didn't they? They were so repulsed by the shepherds that whenever the tribes of Israel came to Egypt, they wouldn't eat with them. They put them out in Goshen to watch over the sheep. And so they disdained them. They looked down on them. But aren't you, good? Aren't you glad that God came for us? Not many of us are mighty, not many of us are educated, not many of us were strong, not many of us were wise. But he took the weak to shame the strong and the foolish to shame the wise because God came for all of us. And when he comes for the lowest, he comes for everybody. And many years later, God was replacing an arrogant and disobedient King Saul. And he decided to replace King Saul, who was arrogant and disobedient, narcissistic leader, thought it was all about himself, stood head and shoulders about everybody else, popular, crazy. 
If you worked in his administration, he might praise you one moment and throw a spear at you the next. Sounds like somebody I know. And so he's just a crazy guy. God took the kingdom away from him. And he said to Samuel, the prophet, I want you to go down to Bethlehem. And there you'll find a man by the name of Jesse. And one of Jesse's boys will be the next king. And you anoint him. And so he went to Jesse's house. He said, are your sons here? And they paraded the sons in front of him. But God said, not that one. And not that one. And he said, Jesse, you got any other boys? He said, well, one, the ruddy one out there watching the sheep. Just a shepherd, just a boy. Bring him in. When the man of God saw him, he saw a man after God's own heart. And he said, anoint him. And a shepherd would become the king. And that shepherd boy that was out in the lonely hills at night under the star, stargazing in the bright and also the cloudy days of night, watching over his flock, protecting his flock, leading his flock, watering his flock, mending sheep, doctoring sheep, protecting sheep. God said to him, Write this down, son. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God came to shepherds because our God is a shepherd for us. And when Jesus came, he came as Messiah, but he would be a good shepherd. And he would seek the lost sheep and lay down his life for them. Amen. And he knows them by name. Woo! About to have a fit right here. This is what God does for us. The Messiah would come from the lineage of Jesse, from the house of David, and of his kingdom there will be no end. He is a Messiah. He is an anointed one, but he's a good shepherd. He's a chief shepherd. He's a poiman, and he's asked his church to be led by shepherds, not CEOs. So who will be the first to hear the good news? Kings? Princes? Bankers? Lawyers? Priests? Theologians? Governors? No. The first to hear the good news are shepherds. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to have to hurry. He said, today, today, there's been born for you in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Today, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Today, God is speaking to you. 
Secondly, notice not only that the Savior, secondly, notice in the story is the sign. And this will be a sign unto you, you shall find a baby wrapped up in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Huh. So the second point of the message is not only a Savior, but there's the sign. And this will be a sign for you. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14, the Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin will conceive and have a son and name him Emmanuel, God with us. And that's the coming of Jesus. You can look up some of the other scriptures that are in the outline on your own. But he is the wonder of a counselor that came for us. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the mighty God who comes for us. He says, when you go to Bethlehem, you'll find a babe lying in a manger. It's a babe because he has been born to a virgin girl. Mystery upon mystery, she's just a teenage girl. Never been married. Never been with a man. But wonders of wonders, the Lord is coming miraculously in human flesh. And he takes upon human flesh. He lives like a baby. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Blows your mind. Wonder of wonders. He looks at a baby. He's wrapped in strips of cloth. Swaddled by his mother. There's no room in the inn, so they lay him in a manger for a crib. There's no room. Isn't it amazing thought that Jesus was a baby? Some of you don't think that he was. Some of you think the idea is Jesus just kind of came out of heaven as a man and lived his life like, no, he was born like a baby. He was a baby, a real, real baby. Real baby that had to be swaddled, had to be comforted, had to be nursed. By his mother. He's a real baby that had to have his diapers changed. Got colic. Probably had fevers and there was no Tylenol. He was a toddler. Can you imagine Joseph and Mary? Come on. Come on, Jesus. Come on. Come to daddy. No. Y'all think he just came out and started talking about the Ten Commandments. No. He shared us. He became a human. He had to learn. He fell down, bumped his head. Had to be comforted. Yay, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Jesus, don't touch that. Hot, hot, hot. (laughs) Jesus had to learn. I can just see Mary. No. You make the Hebrew like this. Yes, you'll speak Aramaic in this home, but you shall learn Hebrew. And Joseph would teach him Hebrew. And he had to learn it. And I've taken it too. It's not easy. But he learned it. So he could read the word. Huh. He had to do chores. 
He had to babysit the younger children. Can you imagine James talking about it? You think you had a hard life. My older brother is Jesus. He could never do anything wrong. Why didn't he just come out of the clouds and be our rescuer? Because his suffering begins at his birth. Every part of the human existence he felt. He took our sins and our sorrows and he made them his very own. He knew what it was like to have blisters. He knew what it was like to bump his head. He knew what it was like to scrape his knee. He knew what it was like to feel the human existence. And they laid him in a manger. The poorest conditions. And it was in David's city because he's the Messiah. And the Old Testament prophecy says that the lineage of David will continue on and on in God's covenant with David. And the Messiah, the anointed one, would come from the lineage of David. And he would be a savior. And he's Christ the Lord. The word Lord is Adonai. And it means a divine one. Not just master. And that's why John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us, and we beheld His glory. Glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He lived a perfect life. There were all kinds of signs that Jesus performed. He started his ministry, launched it at 30 years old. He was baptized by John. He went away into, was tempted in all ways, yet without sin. He had a wilderness experience. The first sign in John's gospel is he turns the water into wine. The Baptist skipped that part. Heals the blind man. Heals a lame man, feeds 5,000, raises Lazarus. John writes his gospel around seven I am statements and, and these, these signs that are pointing that Jesus indeed was no ordinary man but the Son of God. He lived the perfect life and we murdered him. And we hung him on a beam of wood made into a cross. And the man that did nothing but show us the love of God, he loved us to the very end. And while we were mocking and jeering and murdering him because of our sinfulness, he showed us the Father. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. And when he died his death, he cried out, it is finished. And there was another sign. The veil in the temple was rent 
from the top to the bottom. And God said, paid in full. And you have access to me through Jesus Christ. But that's not the only sign. They took his cold, bloodied, dead, lifeless body. And they pulled the nails out of his hands and feet. And they took strips of cloth and they swaddled him again. And they laid him in a tomb. And they sealed it with a stone. But my friends, three days later, he did what no man had ever done. He rose again. Why seek ye the living? Why seek ye the dead? Why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Come, see the place where he lay. Ha! Reminds me of the birth narrative, doesn't it? And they saw the place where he was laying. Wow. And so he appears after the resurrection first to the women. I love it. At his first, as a birth announcement, he goes to shepherds. At his resurrection, he goes to women. And then the boys said, Emmaus and Peter, those behind closed doors, fearful, and then Thomas in a special correction. And then in Galilee, and then to over 500. And then the early church said, we are witnesses to these things. And let everybody know that God hath made him Lord and Christ. He's unlike any other man. Hallelujah. God be the glory. Amen. And then I need to get to this next point, at least, the song. In verse number 13 and 14 of our text, suddenly an angel of the Lord appears and the glory of the Lord shines all around him. And he said, don't be afraid because I'm bringing you good news of great joy, which will be so all people. For born for you, shepherds, this day in the city of David is a savior, is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly with the angel was a multitude of heavenly hosts. Armies after armies after armies. Vast scores, numbers, multitudes of the heavenly hosts. I don't know how many angels are in heaven, but a big contingent came to the fields that night. Massive, powerful strong. Folks, these effeminate little cherubs is not the idea of angels that you guys buy at the garden store to put in your landscape with wings. These are mighty warriors of heaven. And they break out in song, in perfect pitch, to the glory of God. 
Glory to God in the highest. A doxology of praise. The word glory means brightness. Bringing all the glory and honor to God himself. Folks, there's no higher calling than that call in your life to glorify God in heaven. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, the Westminster Confession of Faith says. I submit to you, I think the greatest sin of mankind is to refuse to praise him and to refuse to glorify him. That's worse than any other sin that we commit. The first and greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You have no other gods before me. You're not to take his name in vain. You're not to make idols and worship them. You're to worship the Lord God and him and him only. The worship of God is the number one thing of man. Number one calling in your life. And some of you just neglect it. You, you, you neglect public worship. You neglect private worship. You think you're okay because you keep some kind of Baptist rule book. You're, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. God made you to bring praise and honor to God. Amen. And you will be accountable to him. And on earth, I love the parallelism of this, don't you? Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace to men. Peace is, comes to men because we are at, at enmity with God. We are separated from God. And that causes enmity between us. When the fall of the first man and the first woman, it's the next generation murder happens with Cain and Abel. We go from disobedience to murder. And that's why there's strife, and that's why there's anger, and that's why there's jealousy, and that's why there's envy, and that's why there's lying, and that's why there's coveting, and that's why there's betraying, and that's why there's gossiping, and that's why there's tattling, and backbiting, and dysfunction, and hate, and estrangement. Because we are in war with God and one another. But God stepped into the scene to the praise and glory of God and his great love so that we might have peace with God and with one another. It's amazing. Somebody should say hallelujah. But that peace is only found through the grace of God. It's peace to those that God has poured out his favor. Peace isn't something you earn or you deserve. Peace isn't something that you work and make to happen. It's the work of God in you. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not as a result of works, lest any man boast. Finally, they searched, didn't they? They said, let's go see this thing. And with haste, they made their way to Bethlehem. They believed the word of the angels, and they left the flocks, and they looked and searched until they found it. The mom and Joseph, 
the outbuilding and the babe. And they reverenced and worshipped him. And they found him. Listen to me. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. My friends, this Christmas story means nothing if you won't repent of your sin and turn back to God and say, I need a Savior. And I'm giving my life and my heart to Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life. Hear their story. With Joseph and Mary and and they were amazed at what they were shepherds were telling them. And they said, man, it really happened. We were out there watching over the sheep. I can't believe it. Joseph is true. What? And he says, yeah, man, it was just true. Thaddeus, it was just true. And, and they're just talking. He says, and then all of a sudden, I mean, armies of them were out there. And this light. It was amazing. And they said, come here. And this child's unlike any other. And we found it just like they said. He's our savior. (laughs) He's our king. And he's a shepherd. (laughs) And they celebrated. Listen to them in verse number 17. They reported the message they were told about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. And Mary was treasuring these things in her heart, meditating on them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd seen and heard, just as it had been told them. May I ask you a question? How did Dr. Luke get this story? Who told him when he researched for this gospel? He's the only one that has it. We'd never known it if the shepherds hadn't told the story. And I think maybe there was just an old shepherd around. And Luke interviewed him. And he told his story about that night that changed their life forever. We've seen angels, we've got hope. And they told it to everybody. We have a savior. And a king is born. And peace is coming. And God's on the move. And he loves us all. It's true. And the shepherd said, we've seen him with our own eyes. And you have a story. And I have a story. About Jesus. And in a world of brokenness, we need to tell our story of what God has done for us. Our rescuer, our king, our conqueror, our liberator, our forgiver, our perfect lover is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And he knows us. And he loves us. And we have hope. Hallelujah. Hark, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth 
and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. I uh, love this. Now listen to this. Listen to the theology of this for the next verse. Christ by, heavens, by highest heaven adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Now listen. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased is man to dwell with men. Christ, our Emmanuel. Listen to what he says. Last verse, rarely sung. Listen. Come, desire of nations, come. Fix in us thy humble home. Rise the woman's conquering seed. Bruise in us the serpent's head. Adam's likeness now efface. Stamp thine image in its place. Final Adam from above. Reinstate us in thy love. Let's praise him. Let's adore him. Let's honor him and follow him. Father in heaven, have your way in our hearts, our lives. Thank you for your word. It's so powerful and true. Father, I pray that today, with all that we have, we turn our hearts to Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.